It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We appreciate all of our listeners tuning in, and we just appreciate the opportunity to study God's Word with each one of you today on Search the Scriptures. We're thankful that God has blessed us with the opportunity and the means to be able to to uh, broadcast this program on a daily basis. And we're thankful for all of the interest that has been expressed in, from so many people where this program is being broadcast. We do hear from many of you, either by phone or email or sometimes snail mail. And many others of you who live in the Omaha area actually have come and visited with us. And uh, a number have come to uh, worship with us on a regular basis. And we're so thankful for that. That is incredibly encouraging to us, thrilling, actually. And uh, we pray that God is being glorified in the whole process. That's our basic bottom line goal is to bring God glory by teaching his word accurately and effectively. And we're thankful that this effort is touching people's lives and we pray that it is changing lives. And we know that it, that it has contributed to that already for a number of people. And we pray for you as well. We really do. We pray for you on a diligent basis. Dennis Stackhouse, good to be back with you today. Well, thank you, Gary. It's wonderful for me to be on the program with you. And certainly I'd like to add my word of welcome to all of our listeners. We're certainly pleased you've turned in to search the scriptures today. And we know that for many of you, you've certainly done that on purpose. You've heard the program before. You like what you're hearing, the fact that God's word is being used as our ultimate authority, and you come to us on a regular basis. We thank you for that. And you know, Gary, you mentioned just a few moments ago that the bottom line purpose for us here on Search the Scriptures is to glorify God. And we say that on a number of occasions. I thought, it might be worth a few minutes just to explore what we mean when we say we're trying to glorify God. And you can probably amplify or enhance what I'll say, because I'm rather simple-minded at times in how I look at things. But from my perspective, in order for us to glorify God, there's three basic things we need to do. And the first one is, we need to adhere to God's word as the ultimate authority for everything we do in our religious lives. The second thing is, on a personal basis, we need to obey that word. We need to live by the teachings that God has communicated through the Bible. And the third thing is, we need to teach that word to others. We need to share it with those we come in contact with. So we need to uphold it as our ultimate authority. We need to obey it on an individual basis. In other words, we need to live it out. And third, we need to teach and preach God's words to others. And by so doing, it seems to me that we're going to be bringing God glory in the process. I think you've enunciated it very well. Well, thank you. <laughs> we simply want to serve God. Yes. And if we'll serve God his way, mm -hmm. and I think you've spelled it out very well, analyzed it excellently, I believe God will be glorified. And really, Gary, it, it seems like if we follow that pattern, when people do respond to the gospel message, they're responding to God's word. That's right. Not the word of the teacher or the preacher, and we know that that happens in our world at times. People are going to be responding to God's word, and that's exactly what we want to see happen. Exactly right. Uh, it's not us, it's no. God's word. 
Right. And again, faith comes not by hearing Dennis and Gary. Faith comes, comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. That's exactly the case. Now, Dennis, we began a new section of study in our last program. And we were talking about our soul and the value of our soul. Right. We asked the question, what would you give or take in exchange for your soul? Mm -hmm. Now, that, of course, was a question that was posed by Jesus himself. It was. And we're going to read that in a few moments. Uh, right from his, you know, quote, quoted right from his, you know, statement. Mm -hmm. Now, we looked, we began in our program last time by looking at how much God blesses us if we are in that right relationship with him through Christ. Mm -hmm. In other words, if we're a faithful Christian, mm -hmm. God has enumerated a whole host of blessings that are special for us. Yeah, that's right, Gary. And we did talk about them on the last program right out of the first chapter of Ephesians. And we really looked at a number of blessings there that God has in store for those, as you said, who are living as faithful Christians. These blessings are not for the world in general. It's for those who are in Christ. No, in just about every verse, we, we really focused on verses 3 through about 15 mm -hmm. in that first chapter of Ephesians. And just in just about every verse, the qualifier is that the individual has to be in Christ. Right. Now, sometimes the phrase is, is a little different, in him, mm -hmm. in Christ, mm -hmm. but that's the sense in all those cases. And yes. again, it was verse after verse after mm -hmm. verse after verse. It was. So you're right. We're not talking about blessings that are for everybody, no. regardless of whether or not they have faith in God or regardless of whether or not they're living obediently to God's teachings. These blessings... As, as Paul identifies them, describes them, they are all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, and again, in Christ, verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. Right. So these are blessings for faithful Christians. Absolutely. Now, when we think about all of those that were listed there, and you're, you're right, boy, we spent the entire program just about just going through that particular text of scripture mm -hmm. and looking at them one by one. When you think about all those tremendous blessings, redemption and forgiveness and salvation mm -hmm. and adoption by God mm -hmm. into his family and, and on and on, that's an incredible amount of, of benefit that we would give up <laughs> if we took something or gave something in exchange for our soul. Yes. And even though we cannot do it, you know, if you think about trying to put a monetary value on all those blessings you enumerated and some of the others we did not enumerate that Paul spoke of in that passage, there's nothing you could give in exchange for it. Yes. It would just be overwhelmingly in favor of, listen, my soul is too valuable to give up. And, and of course, that is the correct answer. Yes. Now, what we want to stimulate the listeners to think about is while we all know the right answer, mm -hmm. I would not give anything, I would not take anything in exchange for my soul, nothing is worth 
giving up my soul over mm -hmm. or losing my soul to, still a lot of people have put a price tag on their soul. You're right, Gary. It's unfortunate. Uh, but yet we see that, you know, not so much in what people say, but in how we see them living. Exactly right. They give the right answer, mm -hmm. but then they live something else. Right. And that's what we need to recognize. Mm -hmm. Now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16, and let's read that text, wherein is the basic question for this study. What would you give or take in exchange for your soul? Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Very significant text of scripture. Really is. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take mm -hmm. up his cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus goes on and, and he says in verse 25, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now that sounds like double talk. <laughs> yes until we get, look at it more closely, which we're mm -hmm. going to do. Mm -hmm. And there's that question in verse 26. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Mm -hmm. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Yes. Now, once again, we understand the right answer. Mm -hmm. But there are a whole lot of people who are putting things ahead of their commitment and dedication to God and Christ, and certainly ahead of obedience to them. Mm -hmm. Now, it helps us, I think, to understand these four verses if we back up a little bit to verse 21. Mm -hmm. And we read verses 21, 22, and 23, and understand the context in which verses 24 through 27 are found. Right. There we read... From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Now, Jesus is preparing the apostles here for his crucifixion. He is. Now, he doesn't come right out and say it mm -hmm. that way, but he's telling them that in verse 21, he must go to Jerusalem. That is speaking of Jesus. He must mm -hmm. go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes. These would be the Jewish officials, mm -hmm. the spiritual leadership mm -hmm. of Judaism. Yes. And then that, that's not where he stops, though. He says, and he must be killed mm -hmm. 
and be raised the third day. Yes. Now, so Jesus is saying, I want you to understand something. And probably they should get the sense that he's saying, before too long, some things are going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to suffer some things at the hands of the Jewish officials. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be killed and be raised the third day. Mm -hmm. Now, that helps us understand the value of our soul. Let's go on through verses 22 and 23, though. Peter takes him aside and rebukes him, doesn't he? Yes, uh, I'm sure the statement that Jesus made that he was going to be killed must have really caught Peter's ear when he was speaking that. And he kind of seems to focus on that in verse 22. And he actually rebukes Jesus, as you mentioned, and he tells him, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Peter must have missed that part about being raised again. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that kind of flew right through both ears, you know. Yes. But he's telling Jesus, and I can understand his emotional response. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this isn't going to happen to you. Yeah. And we know as we read through the, the scriptural accounts, I think it's safe to say that Peter was a bit impetuous at times, and certainly I think we see a bit of that coming through in this particular text as well. Perhaps more than a bit impetuous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, verse 23, though, is, is really key uh -huh. because Jesus responds to Peter's rebuke. Mm -hmm. And in essence, Jesus rebukes Peter. He does. But in doing so, he sheds even more light on this particular context. Mm -hmm. What does he say there again to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Well, he refers to Peter as Satan. He does. The devil. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, he's using that in reference to the way Peter's acting right now. Yes. Yes, he is. And you know, Dennis, many of us, we might read over this and think, well, that seems like an unkind or an unjust thing to say to Peter, mm -hmm. calling him Satan. You just look at the surface, you'd certainly come away with that yes. impression. Peter simply tell you, this isn't going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yet then Jesus responds, get behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. Now we need to, to pick up from this that the devil can use people without their even realizing that he's using them. Yes. If they're going against God's will. Now mm -hmm. they may have in their, in their mind, in their mind, they may have a good heart. They may have mm -hmm. good intents, mm -hmm. but the effect of what they do could be to actually serve the cause of the devil. Yes. And I think you're, you're exactly right, Gary. When Peter rebuked Jesus, in verse 22, I'm fully confident that he was trying to defend our Lord. You know, he was standing up for Jesus, so to speak. He was telling him, no, you know, this is not the way that you're going to go. This is not to be your lot in life. I'll actually defend you. You know, if need be, I'll fight for you to keep it from happening. And later on, he, he tried to do that. He did. But Jesus tells him, he calls him Satan. Again, mm -hmm. not that Peter was literally the devil, but in, in trying to 
keep Jesus from doing what Jesus said was going to happen, he was actually serving the cause of the devil. Exactly. Now, Jesus goes on and says, you're an offense to me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a hindrance. Mm -hmm. And then he, he makes this, and I think it's a very profound statement, but it might seem a little bit enigmatic to just a casual reading mm -hmm. where Jesus tells Peter, you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key. Yes. And I think what he means by that, at least in great part, is that he's telling Peter, you're only thinking about the physical side of life, mm -hmm. the physical side of things, the, mm -hmm. the things of this world. You're, you, you know, maybe he, Peter, in his mind again, in his heart, had a good intent, mm -hmm. wanted to protect Jesus' life. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus was saying here, in essence, is I have to go to Jerusalem mm -hmm. and suffer these things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. Mm -hmm. I have to be killed. Mm -hmm. and be raised the third day mm -hmm. because that's all part of my mission from heaven. That's why I'm here. That was God's will. That was. was his plan from all eternity. So Peter is saying, oh, this isn't going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, you're not serving me here mm -hmm. in, in what you're saying. You're serving the devil. Mm -hmm. I have to have this happen. Mm -hmm. This is my mission, and fulfilling that mission requires that I die on, on, on the cross. Yeah, and I think it'd be interesting sometime, Gary, and I, I've not done this, but go through the New Testament and count how many times Jesus either said verbatim or in essence, I didn't come to do my own will, I came to do the will of my Father. Yes. And that, I think is exactly what Jesus is saying here in verse 23. Now, when we understand that, when we understand he came to do the will of the Father, mm -hmm. and the will of the Father was that he die on that cross, mm -hmm. so that in so doing, he could be that substitute sacrifice mm -hmm. for all of mankind, to pay the price for the guilt of all sins of all mankind for all time. Mm -hmm then that helps us understand better verses 24 through 27 where Jesus says, what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What he tells Peter, I've got to do, I've got to go to, the, to, to, to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. These things have to happen to me. I have to be killed so that I can be raised the third day. Mm-hmm. That helps us understand the value of our soul mm -hmm. as Jesus poses the question in verse 26. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? Well, we know the answer. No profit. He's right. lost on the deal. Yep. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, again, the right answer is nothing. He right. wouldn't give anything or take anything mm -hmm. because the soul is, our soul is more valuable than everything in this world. Mm -hmm. It's so valuable that Jesus went to the cross for our soul's mm -hmm. salvation. That's right. Now that really helps us oh. with perspective. Yes, it does. Yes, when you think that our soul was worth enough to God the Father and to God the Son, 
that this plan of atonement was enacted as it was with Jesus ultimately giving his life on the cross at Calvary to pay the price for our sins, you can't put a value on that. The Son of God, mm -hmm. God the Son. The sinless Son of God. Untainted mm -hmm. by sin or worldliness yes, or evil of any kind. Mm -hmm. And he died on that cross for our soul's salvation. Mm -hmm. Boy, our soul's worth a lot. No if doubt it was about worth it. the life of Jesus. That's right. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 26, the Hebrews writer addresses what Jesus did as well. There we read, He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Mm -hmm. Now, go back to chapter 7 of Hebrews there and look at verse 27, because again, I think this just gives us a little more insight. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once for all when he offered up himself. He did this once for all. Mm -hmm. His dying on that cross was the one time for all time sacrifice mm -hmm. for all of mankind. Never needs to be repeated. That's right. And you're talking about the ultimate, the perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Being offered for us. Mm-hmm for our souls. So when Jesus asks there in Matthew 16 and verse 26, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Those are not just idle words and they're not incidental. He's talking about, hey, I came to this world from heaven to give my life for your soul. Yes. Nothing is worth giving up my soul over. No, it isn't. Nothing. We're going to stop here and we're going to come back and we're going to start looking at this particular text. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27, verse by verse in our next program. We do hope that if you're listening today, you have been impressed with just how valuable God counts your soul, valuable enough to have given his, life's, his son's life for your soul's salvation. Now, how have you responded to that tremendous step on the part of God? We'd love to send you that free Bible study, and you can learn how God wants you to respond and how you can make that sacrifice that he made and that Christ made on your behalf worthwhile for you. Please contact us today.